Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Podcasts. We're happy with our offseason. We're happy with our free agency and with our draft. And our goal now is to develop these young guys. WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns from Bears Training Camp in Bourbon A. Make sure that they understand that everything that we did last year means nothing. Oh, he hits the upright again. What it did is it helped our culture, but it means zero for the 2019 season. With WGN's Adam Hogue. Wow. And from The Athletic, Adam Johns. Yes. Here they are, the Adams. Six, Chicago. Hogan Johns. I really like that boom. That's a good way to start a podcast, especially as training camp starts from Bourbon A. Welcome in the Hogan Johns podcast. We're here. It's report day. Uh, there's been a lot going on, not so much football-wise, but cars, plenty of cars and uh, random jerseys, too. We can dissect the jersey game practices will start friday adam hogue here with you and in the missing adam john's formation as training camp gets going he's uh dealing with uh, some uh, family stuff uh which is certainly okay so filling in from the athletic because we want to represent the athletic is kevin fishbane what's up buddy it's good to be here uh and yeah you know somebody brought up the fact that the last time we talked this much about cars at training camp was either mitch's toyota or Jay Cutler's conversion van, circa 2014, I believe. I remember both very well. The conversion van and how big of a deal the, uh, was it Toyota Corolla? Uh, Corolla or Camry. Camry. Yeah. yeah. Either one, but the convert. somebody actually had a, I, I give them credit, had a good tweet today, because I'm sure we'll get to Tariq Cohen's slingshot. Yes. That he wheeled in, and he said he liked the slingshot because it's like him, you know, with the acceleration. It's a fun drive. And then someone commented, uh, "Well, I wonder if Jay Cutler thought the conversion van was like him, just a big <laughs> van, didn't really knowing what you're doing with it, didn't really fit the offense, yeah, because the van does not fit the campus of ONU no. at all. Nor does it fit Jay. The slingshot actually fits better than cars. I mean, it's closer to a golf cart than it is, yeah." Well, it goes really fast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns is where you uh, you can pick up Johns' stuff as well, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Kevin Fishbane is at K Fishbane. Chris Emma walking by apparently um, does not know radio well enough to understand that he should not yell in the background of a recording podcast, but that's fine. Um, hopefully we do talk a little bit of football here. But you're right. I mean, most of the stuff from today. Uh, we are going to play a little bit of Mitch Trubisky, Khalil Mack, Tariq Cohen. We talked to a lot of guys today, so we'll hear from them. And uh, you're also going to hear from Jared Payton, too, uh, as uh, he joins in a little bit on the podcast to talk some football as well. So, I mean, really, there's not much to dissect from a football standpoint today. So I guess we got to address the slingshot because I was a little worried – for a moment that the training camp story of the day was going to be 
Tariq Cohen rolling his slingshot with Taylor Gabriel sitting shotgun and Matt Nagy losing two starters on the first day without a practice. Well, everyone would have a story. It'd be a big one. That's, sure, that's for sure. It'd be uh, national headlines. Yeah, you know, T- Tariq Cohen made he made an entrance. He was wearing a Walter Payton jersey. Today's uh, Walter's birthday. I it think is. tomorrow is Tariq Cohen's birthday. Oh, or, so there's some kind of similarity there, and um, you know, the, I, I think that it, it goes to almost a bigger thing that it, in the the 2016 training camp, if you know somebody rolled up in some car like that. It just it has a different feel. It's almost like these guys can get away with these these entrances. Every year we kind of take a look at the cars that come in and the guys with their big garbage bags of stuff, and some guys bringing flat screen TVs to stay in the dorms. But I, I think there's a little something to be said that this is a team that's very confident. They're a good team, and you know they can ha- they can bring a little flash, a little swag to uh, to training camp. Well, I was thinking that as I was seeing like the Jalen Ramsey. Uh, money Brinks oh, money trunk yeah. or, or truck whatever when he rolled up in yesterday and there was like a whole big intro and I was thinking at that point I'm like you know the Bears don't have a whole lot of those type of guys they really don't and the the look at me right you know what what's Nagy always says this is a he says about Cody Parkey after the season like if this is a me thing oh me thing versus yeah. a we thing yeah. um and 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 to be honest on that topic I have a feeling that um. Maybe some of the coaches weren't completely thrilled that it's one thing to show up in the slingshot. It's another. Uh, he was like doing circles. I don't know how to explain it, but there's like a circular drive here. It was like the, he returned. He he just got a punt and was trying to elude the the defense, right. but by going backwards. It, and there was a lot of noise going on, and I'm just guessing that the coaches weren't completely thrilled about that because that. Now at the same time, Nagy's also constantly saying, "Be you." So, I, I do think, and I don't want to get into this too much. It's not like we're deep diving the uh, what cars people are showing up. This on. is what happens when they don't actually practice when they get to right. Exactly, we start breaking down things that don't really matter a whole lot. But I do think this is mostly accurate that Tariq Cohen showing up in a slingshot is him being himself. Yep. Which be you, Matt Nagy can respect Tariq Cohen. Driving crazy in the slingshot on a small campus with the number one or uh, a starting wide receiver, we can call him and Taylor Gabriel in the the car at the same time. That might cross the line more well, to the look at me type stuff. There was a reporter in OTAs that threw Tariq Cohen under the bus by pointing out to Matt Nagy that he was attempting field goals. Who would ever do that? I'm not sure. But he uh, and Matt Nagy was not happy. He was not like legitimately unhappy to find out that Trico was trying to kick a field goal. I felt bad about that in practice. Um, so I do think they would have seen it on the tape. They do yeah. go back and watch. Practice. Somebody saw it live yeah. too, probably. Well, Chris Tabor saw it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. You know, he he made he made an entrance. That's Trico, Cohen. that's mm-hmm. who he is. And you know, he made it out alive. We all made it out alive. So you, you know. I, I'm sure. I'm sure Nagy probably said, "Hey, that was cool. Don't ever do it again." Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a situation no. where uh, Tariq Cohen uh, put any kind of contract extension <laughs> in jeopardy today by showing up in a slingshot. That's not at all what we're talking about. But uh, that was the the biggest fanfare, the biggest um, spotlight that went on the guys showing up today. There's some other good car, cars. I like Dion Bush showed up in a GT. That was sweet. And actually, uh, Taylor Gabriel's Rolls Royce is still sitting over here in front of us. That's got the one where the doors, they, it opens from like the other s- 
the that like goes the other way. Yeah, kind of like not the Batmobile where it goes up, but it. You gotta be careful about that. It's not really good radio to try to describe the doors I, of the I car. I once worked with somebody who tried to go through a revolving door the other way. How'd that go for them? It didn't go that well. Oh. He couldn't figure out why. He's like, "Is this broken?" It's like, "No, it goes in the same direction as every other revolving door." Um, except maybe in Australia, they might do it the opposite well, way. Well, I hope Mark Carmen didn't get caught in that revolving door. <laughs> it wasn't him. It was a guy named Sam Zuba, who I still love dearly. I don't know if he listens to the podcast or not, but he should. Um, but shout out Mark Potash told me he listens to this podcast. Oh, he was on this podcast a couple times. Yeah, he says he listens. Okay, cool. Appreciate that, Potsy. Hope you're listening today. Uh, last thing. On the um, what people were wearing front, I guess, is uh, Allen Robinson wore a Washington Nationals Barack Obama jersey. It was pretty cool. I was, uh, yeah. Don't talk about politics. Don't talk about politics. <laughs> That's what people on Twitter were saying. It's just a jersey. And then uh, I enjoyed Akeem Hicks's Shaq jersey. Yes. That was sweet. I was I, I was kind of ready to get into it with Akeem about the the Lakers offseason moves. I was curious yeah. what he thinks about Anthony Davis and um, you know the, what the Clippers did. Frankly, that would have been a little more interesting than some of the other stuff we talked about yeah. today. Um, you know, I, and I know we're going to get into this, but uh, I always love day one, prov- um, the presiding narrative. You know, mm-hmm. like every year we come here and there's that one thing that we all ask about everybody talks about and it's kind of still, still again it comes from the fact that this year it's going to be about expectations yeah but that is the that's the thing that how does this team deal with it and what's funny is i think if you look around the league am i jumping ahead in your time in your outline here no i don't have an outline as you can see i'm not i literally have no paper in front of me he i can confirm uh <laughs> What's funny about this whole talk about expectations is I think those of us who have followed this team closely, have watched everything, have seen everything, we get it. Like there's there there's there you can talk about the Bears and the Super Bowl in the same sentence. But I think if you step back from a national perspective, I still don't think this team's gained a whole lot of love. And I don't necessarily think that's right or wrong because it's you know, it's July, nobody knows anything. Right. But we had something on the athletic, quick plug. Um, Shiel Kapadia does a great job for us. Um, went through and kind of handicapped the top teams in the NFC, and the Bears were kind of in Group Two of you know the next set after I believe it was Rams, Saints, Eagles probably Eagles. Yep, those are the three. And then the next group had three teams from the NFC North: Bears, Vikings, Packers, uh, and, and you also you know the Cowboys. People, a lot of people think the Cowboys are going to be really good this year. Hmm. Uh, you look at the Falcons. Uh, Falcons are also a hot pick. People like the Falcons. You, you could talk about the Panthers. You know, if Cam you could if, talk about the Panthers, you could. If, <laughs> if, if Cam's healthy, like they're going to be at least interesting. You got then you got Seattle. I mean, there are. I I mean, we haven't seen the full predictions from a lot of different people. I know we talked about it one of the times I was on this spring. Um, I don't think that you're going to see a whole lot of people around the league thinking much of this Bears team. And we all, I think we know there, there's two big reasons for it, Mitch and the, and the, and the kicker situation. You know, people, there's a lot of people that have a lot of doubt in Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, like, I think that. Well, that, I think that's the the number one reason because the 
I mean, the, the kicker thing is certainly a problem, but I think that's more of a local story than, you know, I don't know that if the Chiefs right now had a kicker competition going on, if, you know, the national pundits would be like, yeah, I'm not picking them to win the Super Bowl because of this kicker thing. They, right. like, no, they have Patrick Mahomes. There's, a, there's, there's five kickers in the league that you know are going to be good, probably. Yeah. But I agree with you. I think the Bears are kind of in that second-tier teams. I've heard that frequently, listening to a ton of radio podcasts, all this stuff the last week or so, um, getting ready for training camp. They're kind of in that second-tier teams. Everyone, I think everyone expects them to make the playoffs, even nationally. Uh, there might be a few exceptions here and there. But I've even seen some people that don't think they're going, they're going to win the NFC North. A lot of people think the Vikings are going to win the NFC North. There, there's a lot of Vikings love. There is. And I, I I mean, I guess I probably look at the Vikings the same way a lot of people look at the Bears. It's like I look at Kirk Cousins, and that's that's my question mark right. with that team. And, and Kirk Cousins is already kind of reached his peak, I think we can all agree. I don't think he's going to get miraculously no. better he's in a good, his eighth he's a, year. He's a good quarterback, but yeah. I mean, but Mitch sure. is here. not when he plays the Bears, at least. As a Viking, he, now, was, he was really good against the Bears when he was on Washington. Yeah, he was. He was Bears different Bears defense. They'll have a different quarterback this year when the yeah. Bears go to Washington. And then because of number twelve in Green Bay, I mean, I've always I said do think this. the Packers have improved. Yeah, they've improved, and it, even if they didn't improve, he's still there. So, I also don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. Like I think top to bottom, the Bears have the best roster. Yes, the best coaching situation. The funny thing about the Packers, and we're kind of getting off on a tangent here, but I I do think they've improved their defense. I think they're in a good spot with Mike Pettin working in his second year with that defense. I think with Aaron Rodgers, everyone, everyone's everything everyone's been talking about, which is like, oh, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's healthy again. He's going to want to prove. That's all accurate. It's also going to be tough for him to stay healthy at the age he's at. And I don't think that his situation with Matt LaFleur, they're like the same age. Not exactly the same age, but there's not much of an age gap there. Rodgers has been there forever. It's a different situation than the Bears have right now with Nagy and Trubisky, where it's clearly a quarterback-head-coach marriage. I don't know that that's the case in Green Bay, and I think that over the course of a season, that's going to lead to a lack of cohesion that those two might not have compared to what the Bears have. Now, obviously, Rodgers is better than Trubisky. There's no question about it. I just don't think it's... Football is ultimately a team game. The Packers are going to be better this year because they have a better defense. They have Rodgers. But when it comes down to wins and losses, how things unfold in the fourth quarter, I do think the Bears are in a pretty good spot. They are, and that's why you know so much of of this you know Thursday reporting to camp, it's to Mitch. Mitch, how do you handle being, you know, the hunted is the thing that Matt Nagy always says. And that's where also I think there's a bit of a difference in the way that people in our business look at the records and the standings and maybe NFL teams. I, I think a lot of NFL teams probably have a lot of respect for the Bears. Because, oh, yeah. And, and, and Matt Nagy. And, and, you know, we had this, I'll give another athletic plug, we had Mike Sandoz quarterback tears story last week um, where he talks to 55 front office people to rank the quarterbacks. And Mitch was ranked, I think, I want to say 25th, and he was in Tier 3, and what was interesting that Mike said he found was what what front office people were saying about Mitch was much more glowing than you'd expect considering his ranking. Yeah. Like, people think, like, there were some nice things about, you know, all the things we've said about him, we've seen about him, um, 
But is it? I, I think the NFL teams have probably more respect for the Bears than pundits do because they they know, as you've talked about, the, the level of talent on this roster, the Pro Bowlers, the guys who could go to Pro Bowls. Um, I want to ask you a question, though, because we're talking about expectations. And uh, the MMQB, MMQB had their sto- Bears preview story last week, and it was about how the defense is going to take a step back. And my question to you is this. According to Football Outsiders, DVOA, the Bears' defense last year the best was the best in the NFL in seven years. Wow. Since the 2012 Bears. Mm-hmm. So, like, when we say the Bears, we, when people say the Bears are going to take a step back defensively, my first thought was like, uh, you think? Like, they're yeah, not going right, to put yeah. up those types of numbers again because that's hard. But you go up and down this roster, Roquan Smith's going to be better this year. I think he is. Bilal Nichols is going to be better this year. Uh, Eddie I, Jackson could still be better. Eddie Jackson's going to continue to improve. And Leonard Floyd's a guy that, you know we've talked about a lot. Khalil Mack essentially missed four games last year. Yeah. He didn't play in two, and he was not healthy for two others. And he didn't have a training camp. It's exactly. At all. So it's just kind of like I think as a team, statistically, yeah, they're not going to match some of the numbers they hit because it's nearly impossible. But there's enough individual talent to understand why the expectation should be high for this team. You know, maybe even maybe there, there should be more expectations nationally. But the Bears probably would prefer it's the way it is. I talked a little bit about the the defensive expectations with Jared Payton, which we'll hear in a few minutes. But you know, to your point, I. I think like it's statistically almost impossible to match what they did last year. And you factor in a new coordinator, and this is something I talked to JP about too. I I think we're actually underrating the reality that there's a new coordinator. There's just naturally going to be not necessarily a downswing because of it, but things are going to be different. It's a new coordinator. It's a new relationship. We heard Akeem Hicks talk about it today. You'll hear from from him on that too. They're still working on their relationship with Chuck Pagano. They don't know him like they knew Vic after working with Vic for th- four years. Some of them three years. It's a new playbook. It's a, it's a new playbook, which Akeem admitted today he's like at a C grade at right now, not an A. They got a ways to go. There's work that still needs to be done. So adding all that up, I think it's natural to see – a defense that probably won't be clicking or as sharp as last year's defense was throughout the season from start to finish. That being said, it always comes down to talent more than anything else. It always comes down to the players. And I do see so many players, and number one on my list, and you're going to hear me talk about this a lot as we get towards the season, is Roquan Smith. I think Roquan Smith, I loved him so much coming out of Georgia. I loved the draft pick at the time. I loved what he did as a rookie. I, honest to God, think six months from now he can be an all-pro. Like I think that's his, yeah. as good as he can be, especially with this much talent around him. So guys like that are going to get better. I just I can't imagine we're sitting here in the middle of October being like, man, what happened to this Bears defense? What? Why are the, they? The what, only thing would be a, a rash injuries. of injuries. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and their their backups at a lot of these spots are guys who used to start for this team. Yeah, Nick Krakowski, you know, used to be a starter for this team. You know, and so. Yeah, it's 
that's why I found a lot of the questions today about the expectations just kind of interesting. I wanted to hear what the guys had to say about it, but you know, I, I think a lot of the, the biggest expectations are probably in their own locker room. I mean, these guys know they're really good. They believe that they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, they're I, not going to come out and say that outright, but I they do. Although Tariq Cohen did talk about like a dynasty today. Yeah, but then he also said the first game is not the Super Bowl, and yeah. Yeah. This is new for them. These guys have never heard to talk about these things before. Uh, let's start with Mitch Trubisky and uh, some of the things that he had to say today arriving in Bourbonnais. He looked well-groomed. Almost looked like his eyebrows had been done a little bit. Maybe I was looking too closely at his face. No, he, he looked sharp. Yeah. Looked sharp. And he's been here since Sunday, right? Monday? Hey, he's, he's, the, fr- he's the franchise days. QB. He's got to look good. That's right. All right, let's hear from Mitch Trubisky. I mean, it's the best time of year again, back to football, um, back here with the boys. I mean, another opportunity. Um, obviously, a lot of excitement around what we did last year, but uh, there's a lot of work to do, and we know uh, what's ahead of us. But um, we're just all excited to get back and excited to see what we can accomplish this season. So there's a lot of work to be done, and we're excited to get to it. How much of a balance is it to embrace the high expectations and kind of ignore them so you don't get affected by it? Yeah, you got to look at it from both sides. Obviously, it's exciting for the fans, and uh, we, uh, we we put a product out on the field last year that we are proud of, and we want to pick back up where we left off. But at the same time, we didn't accomplish what we did last year because we were worried about expectations. Nobody expected us to do what we did last year, and now it's kind of flip-sided where there's all these expectations. So... We have to do a good job of staying focused, blocking that out, and just doing exactly what we did last year um, that helped us win those games. And on top of that, do even more so we could uh, accomplish more than we did last year. So there's a lot of work to be done, and we just got to continue to do little things so that we can win more games and uh, accomplish our goals ahead of us. Mitch, uh, Ryan Pace was saying the other day that he's looking for steady, uh, incremental progress from you. Is that what you're looking for for yourself, or do you want more? Absolutely. I, I would say that's the, that's the theme of uh, this camp for me, and uh, really uh, my, my career up to this point. We've had some uh, rookie season didn't go the way we wanted it to. Last year we saw a little bit of progress, and uh, and that's that's the theme for this camp, just steady incremental progress. Uh, are we getting a little bit better each day? Um, are we staying focused on the task at hand? Are we blocking out uh, everything on the outside? Are, are we doing our jobs? Are we taking care of our, our guys inside the building? And are we doing the little things on a daily basis? So it's it's that getting 1% better every, every single day, and I think that's how you separate yourself in the long run. And that's kind of the theme that we're going with for this and camp. That's what you look at for yourself. That you, I want to take a big leap this year. Uh, yourself is. I think if you I think if you just focus on the little things, then then the big leaps will take care of itself. Obviously, we all want to have uh, big years, but it, it doesn't happen like that. You got, we got to come to work every day. You gotta you gotta focus on getting better at one thing at a time. Every single drill, every single snap. And that's what I'm focused on, and, and the results uh, uh, will happen how they will. What was the most important thing that you've done since the end of last season until now? What is something you've done, changed, adjusted? Um, I would say just the, my overall development, my growth, how I continue to get better, how I just have the same mindset I came in with, um, and how I just... How I stay humble, continue to work hard, and I know I, I haven't played my best football yet, and that, that's kind of my mindset to just keep getting better. And and, and but I've also seen the progress as well. So it, it's just um, learning as much as I possibly can. Uh, I don't think that I, I've, I've tapped into um, the talent that I have 
and and what I can do and what I can show out in the field and it's just uh, putting it all together really just uh, the the flashy plays that I have make and, and the mistakes that I've made just getting rid of those and continue to make those good plays and just being a more consistent overall quarterback and but I think just doing the little things like working hard being a great teammate and, and taking care of your brothers is, is what, what's going to help me in the long run and just how I've earned my teammates trust how they respect me as a leader how I can bring people together and and, and get all these guys moving in the same direction so we can so we can reach our goals and uh, it's not really about what I can do individually it's what we can accomplish as a team and uh, I think a lot of that is what I bring to the table just how I can lead these guys and how I could uh, help us win games. Mitch what's an example of one of the detailed things that you're going to work on in this first stretch of camp that uh, you're looking to make incremental progress on? Yeah, for sure. I think it could be as simple as like cleaning up in the locker room and and just like simple things like that, like keep, keeping your room neat, cleaning up in the locker room, um, making sure you're properly warmed up for practice, getting the recovery, uh, eating right. So little things like that. And, and, and then when you get into the practice, for me, it's like uh, huddle efficiency and just getting out of the huddle really quick so we have more time at the line of scrimmage uh, to see the defense to dissect what they're doing and make sure everyone's on the same page so we have more opportunities to communicate in the huddle and at the line of scrimmage so just little things like that I think they go a really long way and I think the really great teams are are, are good at the little things and that's what we're trying to focus on. Mitch, last summer, last summer um, you talked to Matt about interceptions on the practice field and he talked about the growth required um, leeway to make mistakes test out things within the offense a, a year later this summer how much leeway do you feel like you need you want just in terms of test and throws perhaps that are intercepted uh, on the practice field yeah for sure we're not really worried about I mean, obviously, protecting the football is a huge point of emphasis and something we're going to do a lot of this year. And last year it was really like just coaching, trust, uh, co trusting Coach Nagy, and it was like bombs away, be aggressive, um, take lots of shots, and, and I love that. But I, I've kind of figured out over the last year within this offense when is the right time to do that and when we need to take care of the football so I think taking care of the football will be more of an emphasis this camp and I'll definitely know when it's okay to put it up give our guys give our guys a chance and see who's going to go win a 50-50 ball or whenever it is but um, definitely not forcing anything by any means and uh, I think it's just the overall time in the offense is where you kind of figure out those things and but we're going to continue to stay aggressive and give our guys shots but taking care of the football is even more important. Alright so you heard from the quarterback there I don't think we need to dive too much more into um, expectations for Mitch we kind of touched on that a little bit already I'm just looking forward to seeing what he looks like out here especially once the pads go on once they're, they're, they're doing uh, real practices as opposed not that what they did in the spring isn't real, but these are at a different pace. I think you put a little bit more weight on what happens in Bourbon A practices, especially once the pads are on, which will be Sunday, starting on Sunday. Uh, and I'm just, in general, looking forward to seeing how true... Like, I thought he looked... I thought his leadership and being comfortable in the offense was evident in the spring, but I want to see what it looks like now when they're kind of going as close to full speed in a practice as you can go. Yeah, and Bourbonnet's got, a, I think, is probably a special place in terms of the way we view Mitch because it was really here two years ago that... You we knew saw, he was the best one on the team exactly. right Exactly. And remember, talking to players, they had to almost um, kind of stop themselves from overly praising him because of, you know, cause Mike Lennon was here, um, which is so funny to think back on. <laughs> Mike Lennon was here. He was. Um, and then last year When you're was, walking around here, does anyone ever go, man, we kicked you out of here, Mike Lennon? Uh, no, I haven't gotten that yet. I might. <laughs> might one day. Uh, 
I, and, and then last year was this is where we saw the 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 beginnings of this offense. And you, as you said, this could be the year we we finally maybe we see in Bourbonnais the makings of who the Bears think this guy is. Because the thing about Mitch is, you look at the, that quarterback checklist, right? Intangibles, check. You know, work ethic, all leadership, all those things, check, check. Like he's got everything you want mentally in a quarterback, and he's got pretty much everything you want physically. You can run, you can make every throw. Um, with him, it's just the decision making, just within the game, and and showing that he he can be the type of quarterback that can do what he almost did, you know, in January against the Eagles, and that stuff we're still not going to know fully until the games begin, but we can see little glimpses here and there. I thought he was interesting that he focused so much on um, what he called huddle efficiency uh, because that's the thing that Matt Nagy wants the most improvement is him diagnosing the defense. Yes. And and him knowing the playbook better, I thought that you know he said he gets to the line quicker, he has more time to see the defense, more time to process what they're doing because that's going to be the biggest part of his growth is can he do that effectively. So you heard from the most important player on the offense. Here's the most important player on the defense and certainly the star of the defense, Khalil Mack. Blue, what do you what do your teammates tell you about Bourbon A and what this uh... Oh, they told me I'm going to love it. Everybody said, "Yeah, man, you're going to love it." I don't know if it's a sarcastic love. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Oh man, smooth man. I'm I'm still taking it all in. I was just looking around and getting the feel of everything. So it looked like uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun out here. Having missed training camp last year, what are you looking forward to? So having missed training camp. Yeah, not yeah, part um, of it here. What are you looking forward to this year? I mean, yeah, just the camaraderie coming together, getting better as a as a team, and um, that's what it's all about. You know what I mean, coming together, and getting better as a team, and um. Really making the most of this time of the year. Is it nice to have sky high expectations for this Bears team based on what you did last year? And that's all he say, she say, you know, all that different type of stuff. We don't really pay. I don't pay attention to that type of stuff. Uh, I know what I want to do, I and mean, I know what I want to do to contribute to the team. And um, I know everybody else feel the same way. And um, that's what it's really all about: coming here and getting better, and not really paying attention to all of that sky high and all that type of stuff. Uh, we know our goals and we're looking forward to it. What was your first impression of Chuck Pagano working in the So what was my first impression? Yeah. Um, all around, man. When you think about just a great person, been around good people uh, in the business, uh, and having been in the business for, for five years, that I mean, five years, my veteranship, you know what I mean? Uh, my veteran is uh, kind of yeah, I mean, getting a feel of what's going on around the building. Um, this is ultimately that's what it's ultimately about. And um, you're talking about one of the best people that uh, that I've had the chance to work with. And um, that's what I'm looking forward to this what, year. What about, his, what about his scheme? Excitement. Uh, schematically, I mean, you can't tell too much, but uh, all around solid, man. Um, he's gonna put you in position to make plays, and that's what it's all all about. With a new coordinator like that, does it put a little more emphasis on training camp for the D? Does it put more emphasis? Absolutely. I mean, you got to think about it in the, in the terms of being a student of the game. You know what I mean? Um, knowing the different calls, knowing the different terms that we're going to use instead of what we used last year. Um, just getting used to those different things is uh, is always going to be important. 
Brian Pace was raving about Leonard Floyd's yeah. off-season program. What's it like to work with Leonard Floyd, and why do you think he is due for that next step that you think he is? I mean, when you, uh, I mean, Charles Wilson always told me, man, he was like, hard work pays off, man. Uh, work hard and make plays. It's all going to be in position, and uh, that's what Leonard does. I, I, I was telling Bruce uh, Irvin over the offseason because I was talking to him a few times. He was like, yeah, how, how Leonard? I was like, man, Leonard worked hard. And um, that's some things that you, I mean, those are things that you really can't teach. You know what I'm saying? You kind of got to learn that over time. And he's been working hard and, and, and really paying attention to detail and asking a lot of questions. And so I'm looking forward to see what he does as well. The Bears have you from the get-go. Do you imagine that you might line up in different spots, do some different things that maybe you, you wouldn't, you didn't do last year when you were kind of thrust in at the very start of the season? Uh, I mean, who knows, man? I felt like they put me in different spots last year, uh, even with the short short amount of time I had to learn the scheme. Uh, but ultimately, who knows? But who cares? You know what I'm saying? As long as I can get out there and play with these guys, um, I'm gonna be having fun, and and we're gonna ultimately try to win. What gives you belief in Mitch is not only a quarterback, but as a guy who's got to be one of the forefront leaders of this team? Yeah, I mean, when you think about when I talked about uh, just ultimately knowing who you playing with, uh, Mitch is a great dude, man, and uh, and he's a competitor. You know what I'm saying? He had the heart of a champion. Uh, just sitting back talking to him sometimes, I try to get a feel for him. You know, I just, especially last year, I was trying to get a feel for all the guys in a short amount of time. But over this past offseason, just getting to spend some time with him and talk to him. Uh, he's a he's a dog, you know what I'm saying, and that's what you want in your quarterback, and so that's what I'm looking forward to seeing this year. I mean, yeah, it's just you, you, it's just it's simple, simple words, simple interactions during practice, simple things, you know what I'm saying, just understanding his mindset and how he thinks. Uh, yeah, he's he's a dog, man, and that's what I want in my quarterback. All right, there's Khalil Mack, always soft spoken in front of the microphones, but certainly plays a completely different. He speaks on the field. He speaks very loudly on the field. And um, some of the best tape I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Certainly with players, uh, you know, fortunately got to watch Brian Urlacher play. But that's the level that Khalil Mack is like, wow. Just the first few snaps in Lambeau Field even last year. That's how good he is, and Bears fans should be pretty uh, – Happy that he's locked up for a very long time here as a Chicago Bear. And first time on the Bourbon A campus, though. Yeah, it says first time sleeping in a dorm since he was in college. Uh, so, the Raiders go to Napa, but they must be in a hotel then? Uh, I think they stay in a winery. No, I have, I have no idea where they stay. They all like have their own chateaus. and. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it's more like... Apartment style, or or it could be a hotel. Maybe a lot of teams, lot do, of teams do. A hotels. lot of teams do hotels. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I've really been struck by the way people on this team talk about Cleo Mack, both on and off the record. Like it, it's it's really crazy the 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 respect they have for the way he goes about his business, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's just like the dream for this franchise to know you put that kind of money in somebody who you know what he does on the field and that he does everything you want off the field as well. Right. Um, you, know, I, you know, it's it's easy to gush about a guy like that from watching him play. and But I, I think it, it means something to the team that is a massive financial investment. What did he roll up in today? And what was his car? I don't I, even remember it. You know what? I saw it. He kind of snuck, snuck in during... It might have been Tariq Cohen. Someone was talking. I missed I missed the type of car exactly though. But see, that's kind of the point. Like he didn't make a 
yeah. enormous grand entrance. He doesn't, he doesn't want to that do that type of player, right? Which again, I'm not making any judgments. It's just you know, be you. That's if you wanted to be more, uh, if you wanted to be more talkative with us, I wouldn't complain. That'd be fine. Uh, that you know, but look, you know, when you're Khalil Mack, I guess everything you do on the field speaks for itself. In some ways, so speaks loudly. That's yes. for sure. All right. Um, I also want to bring Hakeem Hicks to the table. I just found some of the conversation that he had to say really about Chuck Pagano because I, I, I really just sort of feel like that's kind of getting overlooked. The fact that they have a new coordinator, like that's a big deal. It is a big deal. So I, I just enjoyed hearing what Akeem Hicks had to say just about kind of where this offense or where this defense is right now as they arrive in Burbank. I think that um, if there was anybody that was going to replace Vic, it was Chuck, right? He is a, a great team guy, right? He is a great players coach. He is a great um, he's a great communicator, right? And so uh, when you come into a situation like ours where we've already had a top defense, you got to be able to come in and, and approach it just like he has. And, and I think that he's done a great job and Man, can't wait to put it out there on tape. On that topic, where would you say you are personally right now with understanding Chuck's system, Chuck's defense, however you want to put it, at this point coming into Bourbon A? You want a percentage? Sure. Uh, dude, I, I guess I'm somewhere, uh, I'm getting a nice C. I'm getting a C right now, but uh, we're looking to get somewhere in the higher Bs before training camp is over and uh, hopefully an A-plus by the time the season's done. With that being said, Akeem, what do you hope to, I also like your hat, what do you hope to accomplish during training camp here with this defense? Finishing, uh, getting our percentages up. Um, what we want to do is uh, be able to say that we know the defense like the back of our hand, right? We want to be able to go out there and, and it be second nature to where we're not spending time thinking and you guys all know that if you're out there thinking you're going to get hit in the mouth and be on the ground right so uh just making sure that we're um up to par as far as knowledge of the defense from your point uh, or a moment last year in camp where you began to get a sense something special was going on here and if there was what was it um, I felt like we were growing something special the past three years on our defense. Um, I think that there have been things that, uh, you know, slowed us down, such as guys not being available or, uh, you know, uh, different situations throughout the course of games. Um, but I've always had a, a really good feeling about Vic's defense. Vic has installed Vic installed some great things and allowed us to play to our strengths. And I think that's what made us special over the past three years. All right, so there's Akeem Hicks. Still representing the, uh, you know, the only person who maybe doesn't talk about Khalil Mack a whole lot is Akeem Hicks. No, he doesn't. Uh, it's interesting because I actually thought about asking him a question about Khalil Mack and I didn't because he doesn't. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth making anything up. No, of I don't. It. I don't it's just it's, it's just kind of how he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, it's just interesting, um, but I, I think that. Uh, the the one thing with Akeem Hicks, he has gotten better each and every season he has been a Chicago Bear, and I just goes for all players. You just wonder like where is the ceiling? Like at what point has he gotten there? Because he his tape, and I've said this so many times, his tape was near the level of Khalil Max last year. If you really watch it. If you really break it down, and I'm talking about plays where he didn't even necessarily get to the quarterback because he's facing a double team and he got through it and then the ball was already out of a quarterback's hands because they get rid of the ball so quickly these days. Just some of the play, some of the things he did on plays like that where it doesn't even get noticed really unless you're really looking for it. He was so good last year that 
I just don't know how much better he can get. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was dominant. And when Ryan Pace said that the other day at Decatur about, you know, he can be better, and that goes back to that, you know, I, I was going through each individual player on defense. There's something for The Athletic, by the way, I wrote. Um, you should read it at theathletic.com and the Athletic app. Looking at guys' stats and who had a, who actually had a career year last year. The team had, obviously, a record season. But who individually? So the guys were Kyle Fuller. Yeah. Eddie Jackson. Um, I obviously ignored the rookies. And then Akeem Hicks. And I think you look at his age and his position and the wear and tear on his body and you wonder, like, well, I, I, I feel like it's un- almost unfair to him to expect him to do that again or even better. But this is someone that is great at taking care of his body, durability, yeah. knows the game so well. You know, knows how to be effective. And what's going to help Akeem Hicks out even more this year is the growth from Bilal Nichols, the growth from Roy Robertson-Harris. Eddie Goldman, is, like, I think he's just going to be 24 years old forever. <laughs> or 25. Whatever he is now, he's just always going to be that. He's, every year I look at the roster, I'm like, Eddie Goldman is so young. Yeah. I mean, there, there is... It's like and, Allen Robinson. Yeah. And then and you and you pair that in with the linebackers, you can see why... It's it's gonna be, it's hard for these offenses to double team someone like Akeem Hicks. So yeah, it, it's certainly possible this guy could continue to do have another Pro Bowl season. All right, while we are waiting for Akeem Hicks because we did wait for him for a long time. I don't know if he was the last to arrive here or what, but um, we're just kind of sitting there and, and Jared Payton was sitting there and we don't get to talk football that much like we used to. So we're like, let's just start talking about the Bears. And so we did a little segment uh, for the podcast since Johns is not here today. So uh, here it is. Jared Payton, some good Bears talk. All right, we were sitting here waiting for Akeem Hicks to show up. For a second, I thought he was going to be late. And I said, Jared Payton, we we got to talk some Bears football. Let's do this. Because we don't get to do that very much anymore. No, not at all. It's uh, We used to do it all the time. Now it's just every once in a while. Well, here we are. It's the first day of training camp in Bourbon A. Summer is over for us. That's okay, though, because we're ready for football. You and I love football enough that (laughs) it makes it all right. What did you think about Tariq Cohen not only rolling up here in a slingshot, but wearing your dad's jersey as he got out of the slingshot? Pretty pretty amazing. I mean, last year it was Josh Bellamy, and he pulled up and uh, rocking the 34, and today seeing... Tariq Cohen pull up in the 34 too. Pretty amazing. Giving a shout out to my pops. And I think it's just it's a testament to this running back room. Whether it's Mike Davis, whether it's David Montgomery or Tariq Cohen. I think these guys have really embraced what it means to be a running back for this organization and uh, the names that came before them and you know my dad's name which is at the top and I just think that they respect that and they understand that and just to see that they they have that grasp it, it shows me uh, what kind of guys they have inside of that Bears locker room I, I was really curious to see what kind of flash we would actually see here today from the players arriving because it is kind of a tradition in the NFL but some guys take it to different levels. We've seen guys come in in helicopters, not oh, yeah. necessarily here, but yeah, other places. in other places, helicopters, whatever. Um, that doesn't necessarily fit this group, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, what really, Matt, uh, Matt Nagy, the head coach, has a certain idea of the players he wants, but this really goes back to when Ryan Pace took over yeah. and got rid of 
of a lot of the guys that would roll in here with and, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that no. either way. I'm just I was curious to see what we see here today. And I think for the most part it was mostly understated. Yeah. Until Tariq Cohen came in and I was a little worried he was gonna roll the slingshot over. Which would have been a really bad first day of training camp it story. Would have been a bad training camp story. But you know what, man? It it is. You look at the guys, the culture just listening to Ryan Pace talk about the culture that it's inside of this locker room, what they have created, what Matt Nagy brought last season, it is totally different. It's all about we and not me. And I think that's what helps you get to, you know, not only to the playoffs and be successful, but that's what's going to help you get to a Super Bowl championship if you're lucky enough to get there. Listen, Hogue, I believe in my heart, man. This team is good enough when you look at top to bottom of this roster from the guys that are coming back. And I think that having that continuity from last year with guys, even though Vic's gone, and I think you and I will get into that. But there's something to say about this team. If they can stay healthy, I believe in my heart that the drive that they have from losing last year in that wild card game is going to really motivate this team. And I knew, I'll tell you the moment I knew it, when we were at NFL Honors and I see Matt Nagy right before we're about to go sit down. And I didn't know he was coach of the year, but I remember looking at him in his face and I said, how are the guys doing? And he looked at me dead in my eyes and he said, they're hungrier than ever. Yeah. So that taste in their mouth is is going to last. I'm going to make sure it lasts, and they're going to be ready to go for next year. And at that moment, just listening to him and having a head coach that you can believe in like that, man, that's special, man. So I look forward to kind of seeing how he kind of tailors everything from last year and all the fun and the success that they had. How do they kind of remake that and retool it going into this season? So I'm glad you mentioned the defense because we just had a chance to talk to Akeem Hicks. And one of the questions I specifically wanted to ask him was, look, there's there's this idea, and I think it's a fair idea, that because the roster's pretty much mostly back, yeah. really the nickelback spots were the only big turnover on the defense. Which is a, a big question it, for it, me. It is a big question, but there's a lot of continuity on that side of the football. And Chuck Pagano is keeping a lot of the ideas that Vic Fangio had before that there shouldn't be this huge problem with losing no. a, a guy that was a huge part of what the Bears were able to build the last four years coming into last season, the success they had last year in Vic Fangio. So I wanted to ask him, all right, we're at the start of training camp. Where are you? Because I think we're a little we're underrating the change a little bit. I think it's a bigger deal than most people realize. I still think the Bears defense is going to be really good, but there's a lot of work to be done. So oh, yeah. I ask Akeem, where are you in understanding Chuck's system? At this point, as you walk into training camp, where are you? And he said he's like a C. Yeah. And he wants to be like a B plus when training camp's over and then into the A's by the time the season starts. That just shows you that Hey, look, there's still a lot of work here. They're not walking in as comfortable as they did a year ago in Vic's system. No, and I think it's going to be a little bit different. But I'm a little biased because I have a relationship with Chuck Pagano. So, and I know guys that have played for him, being with him at Miami, and then also just having conversations with Ed Reed and um, their relationship and what he thinks about Chuck. And he has high praise for Chuck. So I know... He's almost in a situation where he has a lot of talent like he's had before in his career on a defense, and you have to put the guys in the right position. And that's something that stuck out to me about what Akeem said about Vic Fangio. He put 
them in position to be successful to make plays. That's what the best coaches do. That's what they do. I think they're at a C right now. He might be at a C. So if he's probably one of the more high IQ guys on that defense, just, you know, maybe other guys are at C. Some guys might be at a D right now. If they can make that nice little jump and keep getting better through this camp and understand, I think Chuck's going to be able to put them in position like Pagano, I mean, like Vic Fangio, to be able to be successful. This defense, I think, is going to stay the same. I just think we see a little bit more blitzing. And when you have guys, athletic guys, to blitz, we know kind of how Vic was with, with blitzing. I think it's going to, I think this defense has a chance to be close. Now, the numbers might not be there. The interceptions, will they have as many as they had last year? Oh, pride. I, I mean, they could. But if this defense is getting to the quarterback and getting sacks, dude, the quarterback's not throwing the football. That that right there. And mm-hmm. You could be as good as you want. If you can find a way to get to the opposing quarterback and he's on his back, that gives you an opportunity to – be really, really good on defense. By the way, I asked Akeem for a percentage and he gave me a letter. I didn't have the heart to tell him, though, that C is not a percentage. I know. Quite frankly, because he's a much larger human being than me. And he was wearing a Shaq Lakers jersey. Which was which was pretty awesome. He looked huge. He I actually looked, thought it was he Shaq. He kind of looked like Shaq. He did look like Shaq <laughs> getting out of the golf cart. I was like, why is Shaq here? Shaq's here. Could you imagine Shaq and Akeem Hicks on the same defensive line? Oh, my God. Just think about that. That's crazy. You think Shaq would be like a three technique? I don't know. He's really athletic. I could see right. him also, like, maybe just rushing with two, you know? Just coming and dunk on the quarterback. Yeah, man. I, I love it. I, I do have to ask you a question. Sure. As good as the defense was last season, uh, a lot of the question right now and the question marks are on Mitchell Trubisky and, and what kind of growth he can make. In year two of Matt Nagy's offense, do you? This guy has all the weapons around him now, Hogue. He he's got everything that you could ever want and ask for. A, a wide receiving core that I would love to have if I was a quarterback with all different skill sets. A guy in Allen Robinson, who at the end of the year you start to see that chemistry with those two, especially in the wild card game. Can he? How good does he have to be? And is this the year that he can't just not lose you games, that he's actually going to have to win you a couple of games? Well, yeah, I think that's the big key. To me, that's how you define the step forward that he needs to take. He needs to go from a guy that did a a very good job of being that guy that you can win with, but there's going to be moments where you need to win because of him. Now, what I keep going back to, and I want to make sure people realize this, if it wasn't for a double doink kick at the end of that game, we're going into the offseason talking about, or just the next playoff game, talking about how Mitchell Trubisky went out and won you a playoff game. Would be huge. He was the reason That's... why they were, and you could say Allen Robinson was too, but the quarterback's the one throwing the football. Ooh. He was the reason right. that they were there and I... they should have beaten the Eagles. But guess what? But they didn't. I know, no, not not that they didn't. But could you imagine if he could have had that same performance or pretty close to in that first half? Then we're really not talking about this because they. True. Yeah, I mean, if they if he found a groove, and I think that's one of the things that I saw about him. Not to knock him, I, I thought he made progress, and it's really hard to come in, be a young quarterback, learn an offense, and have to learn another offense and figure it out, and. I, I just believe there was those games where you saw 
things were moving a little bit fast for him. And I think that's where this year we're going to see that the game slows down for him because of his understanding and his knowledge of this offense. Well, and and if you go back and dissect the whole season, which I spent a lot of time this offseason doing, going back and watching Mitch over and over again, I I think if you gave Matt Nagy truth serum, he would admit that they they scaled things back a little bit for him late in the year as they were getting closer to the playoffs to try to help him slow the game down. And I'll bet you he would also say that he wishes they had opened it back up sooner. Because that's what they did in the second half of that playoff game. Yeah. Because they didn't have a choice. And all of a sudden he was out there slinging the ball all over. So I think that that gives them a lot of confidence that they can, now that he knows this thing and he's coming in here to Bourbonnais and he knows the whole system, that they can open it up for him, especially with all the weapons he has. And And I think that's something that, especially the national guys that that you know are hard on Mitch they don't take into account enough the fact that he was learning all this stuff on the fly last year that yeah it may have been his second year but it really was his rookie year really was because of the system he was learning it's not easy it's complicated and oh yeah Patrick Mahomes might have been playing for the first time but he got but to study that he was in the same system, system. he was in the year exactly. before he, and so it was already comfortable for him yeah so I think it's a it's a big deal, and I think if if the offense can bridge that gap just a little bit and get closer to where this defense is and what Vic Fangio built over the years while he was here with the guys, the core guys on this defense, that right there is going to give you a better opportunity and a chance to be able to compete. I mean, I just love the fact that they have all these guys coming back and. And I know I spoke on it earlier, Hoke. The culture, man, it's a little bit different. It, it, you can just feel it. There's something different about these guys. Yeah. They, they they all care about each other. And listen to these guys talk about keeping up with one another in the offseason. I'm going to tell you, when I played with the Tennessee Titans, there was like three guys maybe or two guys that I kept in touch with once the season ended. And we didn't talk. We didn't. I didn't hang out. I didn't feel like that. It's totally different if you go back to, you know, in the summers when I was at Miami, the conversations of calling all my buddies like, yo, what's going on? There's something to say about having that type of culture, that, that, that brotherhood that can go a long way. Because guess what? Matt Nagy. Ryan Pace, they talked about it in in, uh, in Decatur. He might have to step back a little bit. And guess what? Some of the guys that he has, like Akeem Hicks, like Khalil Mack, those guys are going to be able to speak now. And he might not have to talk as much because those guys know what he wants. And that right there, that goes a long way. So what kind of car did you roll up to Titans training camp in? Uh, I came up in my... Uh, my Escalade, man. Two-tone. Um, I had ostrich seats. I had four 15s in the back with my name like on signature on the inside. I had flashing lights, too, built into my... This was actually my, my truck. Okay. I had lights, flashing lights. Like, so if I wanted to pull somebody over, I could flash the lights in the front, and people would like move over to the side of the street, and then I would just keep passing by. Xbox and PlayStation inside to play FIFA. Wow. How did you do that when you were driving? I didn't do that when I was driving. (laughs) I did it when I was parked, man. Where is that car now? (laughs) Um, I actually talked to a police officer who lives out right where I used to live in Oswego. And um, the car got impounded. (laughs) I don't know if it switched that a couple of times, but it was like... It was like a... Not impounded when you owned it. No, but like it it was caught up in a drug bust or something. Oh. How crazy is that? 
I mean, it's not that crazy if you think about it. No. <laughs> but when they saw my signature, I hope they didn't think it was me. <laughs> I'm so far away from that. Don't even come with at me with that stuff. That'd be a good news story. Oh, goodness. The car got impounded in a $2 million drug heist. Yeah. And the car said Jared Payton, Payton on it. That yeah, would not I, be good for no, you. No, it wouldn't be good. No. It's all good. That's why it's just my signature, the JP. So well, I'm all good. <laughs> well, this conversation was good for us. Thank you, man. Our podcast listeners. Thanks, JP. Thanks. All right, so some fun stuff there with Jared Payton talking about and reminiscing on how he used to roll as he rolled into Titans training camp. Um, yeah, Jared Payton just lives a different life than the rest of us being the son of Walter Payton. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and I love how excited he gets when current Bears players are wearing the jersey of his dad as Tariq Cohen was doing today, uh, which kind of brings our whole podcast full circle there. See how I did that? Best it done. You should host a podcast. I should. I really should. I've been trying to. I've been. I'm kind of late on that. Yeah, get into the podcast game. Uh, anything else we should talk about there, Kevin Fishbane? Any uh, Northwestern Wildcat talk? You are wearing a purple hat today. I am. I am. I had to scramble a bit because I thought the press conference was going to be inside, and they were not. Luckily, I had my Wildcats hat in the car. Got to cover up that uh, bald spot, you know. Well, yeah, it's important, and. Uh, no, we're we're five about five weeks away from the opener of the Hunter Johnson era in Evanston, and uh, you know I'm 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 cautiously optimistic for the Cats. <laughs> I think uh, I, you know is fifteen and zero in the realm. Sure. Wow. Yeah. Well, I uh, cannot confirm or deny that on a uh, WGN conference call the other day, uh, whether or not Dave Ennett, Mr. Cat, said at least a ten win season. I cannot confirm or deny that. would go over the uh, the over and a half over under. I think it was like seven and a half. It's way low. Maybe maybe even six and a half. No team is disrespected more yearly. I will say that no team is disrespected yearly like Northwestern is in they the off season. But and then and then they lose a couple stupid games in September, which is just how they've been doing things for some reason. And then everyone dismisses them. And then November comes around, and they're like, "Wait a minute." They have a chance to win the West. Yeah, how What's did this, going on? this team lost to Akron? We haven't even been paying attention to them. And here they are. By the way, what do you what do you think of Fitz's viral moment from Big Ten Media Days? Um, I thought there was a lot of truth to it, but some of it kind of got taken out of context. Uh, I think his general point is technology has taken over the watching of football. Yeah, that it's changed. I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think it's, for me personally, it's affected other sports more than football. Like, I still, especially college football, love going to games for the pageantry. And that's why that's why I think I enjoy going to college football games more than NFL games now, if that makes sense. Because when I'm not, I'm at NFL games for work. So when I get a chance to watch them on TV, I'm perfectly comfortable in that setting, sitting on the couch and watching them. But college football, I still love the bands. I still so. But I think that's changed for people younger than us, which is what Fitz's point was, and I think there's a lot of truth to it. Yeah, and I will say, as somebody who went there, um, the student attendance is, has never changed, and I don't know if it ever will. Yeah. It's just, you know. But... It's not because the team isn't putting out a good product to come watch. Well, and I will say, I think it was like Sports by Brooks or whatever. Oh, yeah. He had a completely... I don't even remember what the tweet was, but you could tell he... Oh, he said they play a boring brand of football. 
You know, which to me just proved that he has not watched a Northwestern no. game in like ten no. years. Northwestern games are generally not boring. No, the Rutgers game was boring last year. That was that was, it was excruciating. <laughs> that was rough, but uh, but they won it. They did. Thank God. <laughs> they they did win it. All right. We need to get out of here. There's uh, a Bears practice tomorrow. There's Bears practices over the weekend. Probably have a podcast for you after, uh, at least after Sunday's practice into Monday because I want to wait till we see. I hate dissecting the first couple practices of camp because the pads aren't even on. Yeah. Sunday, the pads go on. Monday morning, there'll be another. So Monday afternoon would be a good time to do another podcast after we've seen the pads go on for a couple days, digest the weekend, uh, and we'll have a lot more hardcore football content to talk to you about because I know a lot of our listeners are craving that. Yeah, and I was going to say, if you're de- if you're deciding between Saturday and Sunday to come down here, would, Sunday. Come down Sunday when the pads Sunday. Are if you're into the football stuff, if you don't, if, if you don't care necessarily what the practice looks like, then it doesn't matter. But if you're into, the, if you want to see like a legitimate practice, Come Sunday, I think the crowds are going to be crazy too. I, these are going to be the biggest. Twenty fourteen had some huge crowds. They did because expectations were very expectations high. were high that year. They were irrationally high, though, yes. as we learned. I I can say that this has a completely different feeling. Very different, very different. Because this is the, yeah yeah we don't need to get into that. But no, no. Mark Trestman, Phil Emery. <laughs> Those are names that just should be banned from the podcast at this point. Um, no, we say whatever we want here. Thanks for pinch hitting today. We're going to be hearing more from Kevin Fishbane throughout Absolutely. training camp and the season. Looking forward to it. Um, and where can they read all your stuff? Uh, theathletic.com. Subscribe. You should be a subscriber. And the app is really cool. So uh, make sure you check that out. You can read me at wgnradio.com slash bears. i got a new 10 Bears Sings column up. I should have plugged that at the beginning of the podcast. But I already read up. it. Did it take you 30 minutes, 40 minutes? I skimmed parts. Yeah, I don't blame you. But it was that. good. They get a little long. But we are back uh, to the point where those are going to be on a weekly basis. I always read them. So uh, And I send you my edits. It's good. Yeah, you do, because I do not have an editor. You are my editor, <laughs> basically. Um, football's back. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see practice and looking forward to it. Follow Kevin at KFishbane. Make sure you're following him. If you are not, follow me at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E. At Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S is where you can follow my co-host, Adam Johns. Hopefully he'll be back soon. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time from Bourbon Egg. I mean, it's the best time of year again. Back to football. Um, back here with the boys.